Okay, we we um we began last week to learn a piece from the Tzikas Atzadik and Atzadik of Lublin to to try a little bit to help us to help us understand a little bit the um the Torah that we learned in Savazir's Ice Mem. That's what we finished last week. We're up to Mem Aleph. What we were learning last week about Yazgala Yom Hamisa to remind to remind ourselves not of not of the moment of death but of the day of death and what that means and how and how the Rebbe says that the most powerful the most powerful type of Musa that one can that one can possibly that one can possibly deal out to oneself is the is the Yisurim, the anguish that a person has when he's done something that he shouldn't have done. That itself is the greatest Yisurim, is the greatest, is the greatest type of suffering that could be experienced. And, and we, we have the, the Tariff Metzikas HaTzadik, Kuklan Gimel, which I, which we began last time. Let's do it now. Let's do this together. Just a few minutes and then we'll continue. So let's start again. I I, um, I read to you. You don't have in, in on that page of the of the Tzikasetzadi. You don't have the the um, quotation from the Zohar Kaddish that that Rebbe brings. <clears throat> and, and I read it to you last time. Let's just go over it quickly. I'm hoping you have this page still. So <coughs> The Agnes Nefesh, the anguish that a person feels, the anguish that a person feels, the charata that a person feels, regret and remorse over his sins, that is Tmuras Yisurin. That's instead of Yisurin. Instead of, that can substitute, that can replace any suffering that the person has to go through. He could be Yaitse. In other words, if the person has, if the person feels deep regret, and it really, really, and it really bothers him that he's done this. So then, Reb Tzaddik says it's Tmuras Yisurin. It's in place of suffering. He's Yaitzay. As it says in the Zohar regarding Mashiach. Now, what I read to you at the end last time was the piece of the Zohar in Vayakel. Well, the Zohar in Vayakel says that when Mashiach in Shemaim, when Mashiach is told about the terrible tsar, the terrible suffering, the anguish of the Jewish people in Golis, Um and particularly how the Rishim, how the wicked, are not in the least bit interested in 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 repairing their ways and knowing Hashem. So the Zohar says that that Mashiach Tzakenu raises his his voice and cries. And that's what it says in the Pasuk, it says in the Navi, that Mashiach is, Mashiach is, is sick, is suffering because of our avayers. And, and then the Zohar says that, that in Ganeiden, in paradise, there's a certain, in Shemaim, in there's a certain chamber that's called the place of those who are sick. And as Mashiach nichnas Mashiach goes into that heichel, into that chamber, and in that place of sickness in Shemaim, 
Mashiach cries and asks for all the sicknesses and all the illnesses of the Jewish people to come upon him. And they all do. And if not for this, the Zara says, if he wouldn't take upon himself some of the sickness, some of the pain and the suffering of the Jewish people, if he wouldn't take upon himself that, then then nobody would be able to tolerate, nobody able to, would be able to withstand the suffering, the punishments that come as a result of neglecting the Torah. And that's what it means, that he's carrying our sicknesses. That's what it says in the Zohar. So now the question is, what is Rabbi Tzaddik bringing this? What does this have to do with, what does this have to do with, the, with his opening statement? His opening statement is that, that a person who goes through terrible suffering, meaning spiritual, spiritual, emotional turmoil, mental anguish, when he goes, when he thinks back about what he's done that's wrong, so, that's instead of, of Yisurim. That, that could come in place of Yisurim, in place of suffering. So what does this have to do with Mashiach? So now let's continue with Reb Tzaddik inside. V'yadu'a de nefesh manig hador hi ha-kolalas kol nefashos ha-prati yishabedor. And we, it's known that the soul of the leader of the generation, of the manig hador, is that the soul of the tzaddik of the generation, hi ha-kolalas, it includes within it, the tzaddik of the generation feels within himself, is connected to every single Jew. And therefore the tzaddik of the generation on some level has to go through what every Jew goes through. He has to feel the pain of each and every Jew. The nefesh Mashiach, but this is hard for us to understand. If you have that in every generation, that there's a tzaddik, who is the nefesh haklalis, who is the one, the nefesh haklalis, the one who includes within him all of the souls of that generation, Mashiach is unique. Because the nefesh Mashiach, he klal nefoshes kol hadayrus. Because the soul of Mashiach includes within it, Mashiach includes within him all of the souls of kol hadayrus of all the generations. After the efforts that have been made by all of those Jews to, to, do, to, to serve Hashem in this world. Now, Mashiach has that nefesh kolalis, that nefesh kolalis, the inclusive soul, that includes within it all the souls of not only his generation, but of all generations. But then, in each individual Jew, what Absalik says here is a very, very important thing. It says in the Swarm that inside every Jew there's the, the, the there's a chalik of Mashiach. It says in the Swarm that inside each and every one of us there's there's something that's called a point or a piece of Mashiach Sakain. What does that mean? So Absalik explains what that means here is that in each and every one of us, he says, Bahal Nefesh Prati in the Kudasishtadluso, that that point inside of us that drives us, that pushes us, that's mo- that motivates us to be the best we could be, to be the best you could be, to come to your tachlis, that's called Nekudas Mashiach. That's called the part of Mashiach that's inside of you. 
which is a lot harder than thinking of some, you know, somebody sitting there like with a long beard and playing the harp and singing Tehillim and stuff. That really doesn't get you to change. But there's, but this is the Mitzvah. The Mitzvah is that that part of our soul that's called Nekudas Mashiach. In other words, just like in all of history in the entire world, there is that there is that Nekud of what of Mashiach Sekein, like it says, the beginning of time, that the spirit of Hashem was hovering upon the waters, and that Chazal says, that's the that's the Ruach of Mashiach Sekeinu. Now that doesn't mean, of course, like the Christians want to make from that that they wanted to find the Ozel sitting there by Bereshis. So that doesn't mean that there was a person sitting by Bereshis. <clears throat> the meaning of Ruach Elokim is that from the first moment of creation, there is this inner motivation, this inner drive that is pushing all of creation towards its tachlis. From the moment that the world was created, the world is yearning to come to its completion, to its shlemus, to its wholeness, to its fullness. That's, that point inside creation, that drive, is called Mashiach. That's called the Kudus Mashiach. Ultimately, there will be a person, Mashiach Tzikainim, who will contain within him the sum total of all of the yearnings, all of the tefillahs, all of the efforts that were made by every single Jew for all of the generations to come to his tachlis, to come to his, his, his shlemus, to what he could be. That, and that means inside each and every one of us, inside each and every one of us, that point that pushes us towards our tachlis, that gets us moving, that, that, that causes us to yearn for the, for the shlemus of, for that shlemus that, that you and I can achieve, that's called Mashiach. That's called the Kudus Mashiach. Now we're going to talk about the suffering of Mashiach. But the Zohar, but the Zohar tells us that Mashiach takes upon himself, takes upon himself the the the, suffer, the sins of the Jewish people. He goes to this place and he and he calls out all the sicknesses, all the various illnesses, and he and he takes the sicknesses upon himself and he suffers from these sicknesses. What does this mean? It's all it all sounds it all sounds very very exotic. And it doesn't seem to, it doesn't seem to require anything of us. In other words, one can read that piece of Zohar and say, wow, I really feel bad. You know, Mashiach, Rafur Shlema. I hope you feel better. And I'm sorry if I've caused you any aggravation, but I hope you feel better. That's not what the, that, the Rapsal says, that's not what it means. He says, Uba'isa Nakuda, Husayval Tsar It's talking about each and every one of us. That as we live here in this world, going about our business, there is that part inside of us that is screaming, that is crying, because of what? Because of the, because of the avarice that we've done. That's called the point of Mashiach. Now, why is that part of us that's called Mashiach crying? Because every single avarice that we do, God forbid, every single sin that we do, or every mitzvah that we neglect, that Mashiach inside of us, is is being held back from his from his destination from his goal. That part of us that from the time that we're in this world, even before we're in the world, is pushing us towards being shlemim, towards being whole, to, towards being tzaddikim. When that when the progress of that mashiach of that redemption of that inner individual redemption, when that progress is being held back by our virus the suffering that you feel, the agnes nefesh that you feel, the anguish over your sin, 
means that inside of you, inside of you, there is that reality of that point that's called Mashiach, that is crying, that's suffering because of your sins. That's suffering. But it doesn't mean some mysterious person that we've never met. It means that your deeper inner self is crying and is suffering. Because while you might be having a lot of fun that particular time or place, you might be having a great time, and it is great. The Mashiach, that point of Mashiach is, is screaming and crying out in pain. Because he's being held back from your redemption. It's being, you're holding yourself back from your own redemption. Karva al-Nafshi Ge'ola, we're going to say in a few hours. So, that is called the crying of Mashiach inside a person. It's a very, very profound thing. <clears throat> and Mashiach suffers for our sins. So we always thought, man, that doesn't sound like a Jewish idea. Mashiach is suffering for our sins, and it says in the Navi, such a thing, that that he's carrying our sins. So Absalik says, that's not talking about somebody else. That's talking about that's talking about, about you yourself. That part of you that's called Mashiach, that part of you that's seeking redemption, that wants to be that wants to be who you could be. Every time that it's prevented from coming to that place and it's being held back, it cries. This, Absalik says, is what causes the Agnes Nefesh over one's sins. This materializes in one's life. It's manifested in the regret, the remorse over over one's one's own mistakes. You feel that in such a way. So how come some people feel it so strongly and others don't? That that's just a matter. That's just a question of how successful is is each person in trying to in trying to um, cover and trying to put a muzzle over the mouth of Mashiach. That's all. The, there are some people who are who 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 um, who allow themselves to hear the cry of Mashiach, and and therefore they feel the pain and the regret over things that are wrong, both in the world but particularly within themselves. And there are others, and there are others who who will who will not pay any attention, who will not listen to that. This like it says by Yesavet Sadik, that the reason that we're the reason that we're being punished is because he screamed and we didn't listen. So on a deeper level. That means Mashiach ben Yosef also, that there's a screaming that's going on within the person, and he's not listening. So Mashiach is calling out, and Mashiach is suffering from our sins, and we're not paying any attention. And the person attributes this to something else, and it must be the reason that I'm feeling so down is because, is because I lost that client, and I have to try to get two new clients to, to be marshal myself, to find shlemas. Or the reason, the reason that I'm feeling so depressed today is because you know, I didn't get I didn't get around to reading the business section of the Times, and therefore I've jeopardized my entire life and the life of my family. So I think I better, you know, uh, so so uh, next week I'm going to read I'm going to read it twice or something. And you know, the, the, so we try, we try, we try to 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 um, either not to listen at all, not to listen at all. Or to or to re- misinterpret and and hear something else. Yeah, it translates into many ways. How it can come out? One of them is Mariris, sure. That's why the, uh, that's why uh, takes away the term, I mean, it's the Yeah, 
That's 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 the Gehenim, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's his. That's his. That's the. That's the Charata, That's the Tshuva. That's his Gehenim. So he doesn't have to, because it says in, it says in the Zohar that Mashiach takes away, takes upon himself the suffering. That's the deed. Look how look how Absalom learned the piece of Zohar. When it says that Mashiach takes upon himself the suffering, see, so he begins his Torah by saying that when you feel anguish over your Averis, then you're potter from Yisurim, then you don't have to have other Yisurim. Because it says in the Zohar, the Mashiach takes upon himself the suffering. Now, what does that mean? So we think, ah, oh, that's really great. This is, this is Guy, he takes this, he, you know, he's taking it for me. No, you're taking your own punches, but instead of taking them, God forbid, in the hospital or other ways, or losing this or losing that, and Parnas, Shalom, children, this, that, whatever it might be, instead, Instead, you, inside of yourself, that point of Mashiach is sick with, with Agnes Nefesh over your Averis. And by doing that, you, the Mashiach inside of you takes upon himself the Yisurim, the Gehenim, the Hell. And uh, of that Harat, of that regret, of that remorse. Mimela, that's what it means, that Mashiach suffers our sins. So there can now be a different type of suffering. Instead of suffering Chasashon with Parnasa, with children, or instead of suffering in some other way, or suffering, God forbid, in a din of the next world, right? Even to mean suffering in the next world. Instead of that suffering, if the part of Mashiach inside of you is suffering, and it takes upon himself those sins, so then you're potter, then you're exempt from the, from the, uh, from the other type of suffering that is reserved for those people who do not feel any Gehenim inside themselves. And it's interesting how how it's, this is one of the hardest things for people of our time to feel. This Gehenim is one of the hardest things. Where any simple Jew, any, every one of our grandfathers and great-grandmothers, every one of them, like when they, even if they did something wrong, they had like, uh, it was the most, it was the most, it, it, it was the most obvious thing to feel Agnes Nefesh of one's Averis. And that's why even you went to this, you went to a shul, the simplest Jews in Yom Kippur, that they, they were falling to pieces and, and, and all the, and all the Avaid of Elul was simple Jews. I'm not talking about Gedali Tyre. I'm talking about simple people. That, that they went through such unbelievable Gehenims inside themselves. Um, not all of that is, not all of that was productive and healthy. I'm not saying, I mean, obviously this has to be in a, you know, this has to be done in a, in a, in a normal way, not chasasham in a, in, a, in a self-destructive way. No, that's not for now. But it's very hard for us to hear. It's interesting, as we get closer to Mashiach Tzikeinu, as we get closer to redemption, it's harder for us to hear that part of Mashiach inside of ourselves. It's, it's like the world, the kol ha the sound of the of Rome, is is drowning out, is drowning out the sound of Mashiach inside of us, which is maybe why people play the music so loud. So... That's what it means. If Tzaddik says, This is what the Pizasna is talking about. That there's no more powerful shavit, there's no more powerful way to discipline yourself and to, and to, and to control your Yetzirah than the, than the shavit, than the, than the rod of, of what? Of, of Musr, of Yazkil Yem Hamisa, of, of the Charata. Of the regret and the remorse that 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 a Jew suffers over his own sins. Kitam medukam avanaseinu. Rebbezadik says that he is oppressed by our sins. That's the oppression inside of ourselves. We're oppressed by our own sins. 
And by feeling that, you are you are causing the onshim, the punishments to be lightened, the other punishments to be to be made less, to be minimized. So it says in the Zohar, the Makabam that he's accepted, it's accepted in Ganadin. Let me explain this. Once again, Reb Tzadik is, re- is referring us to... It's okay. <laughs> what? Reb Tzadik... I got it, I got it. Yeah. See that... I have to get a battery. What? I don't call. We'll make it through this shit. <coughs> One... <coughs> that... That... Um, the Zohar, Rav Tzadik is referring us to this to the Zohar in Vayakil. Let me just let me just read to you what it says. Again, you don't have this you don't have this footnote, but let me read to you. The the uh, the Sulam, uh, the translation of the Zohar in Vayakil is Chav Beis Aisius Vishumus Chakukis Berkiyahu. Just listen to this interesting interesting statement of the Zohar. That what? That there are twenty two the twenty two letters of the Aleph Beis. Are chakukais berakiyahu? Are the twenty-two letters are engraved in that in that rakia? You have? Are engraved in that in the in that firmament in that sky? Sha'al Ganadin, which is above paradise, which is above Ganadin. Kol ice for ice no tefes tal. And each the Zohar says that each one of the twenty-two letters of the olive base is dripping with tal with dew. Mital Shalamala from the Tal from the dew that is above. Umitalahu Raichatsais Eloan the Shamas. And that Tal that dew rinses and cleans and bathes the Nishamas of the Jews who have sinned. You hear this? This is what it says in the Zohar. Then they're posed and they're healed. After they've immersed in the in the mikveh that's called in the river of Dinar. And that, that, um, that cure of the tal, that drips, it must come from the 22 letters of the olive bays that are in the higher firmament, the higher Rekiah. Because those letters are the letters of the Torah. And that heaven, that place of, of the sky, Obviously, it's not something which you could fly to. That firmament, that sky, is the, sec- is the secrets of Torah, is the secret of the Torah itself. Because it's made from the fire and the water of Torah. That's what it says in the Zohar. Okay. What does that mean for us? What does that mean? What's what Tzaddik saying? Why is it that the cure of a Jew, of this neshama that's tormented by his sins, why is it that the cure comes from the dew, from the tal. That tal is dripping from the 22 letters of the olive base, which the Zohar says are the 22 letters of Tyre. Yeah. Okay, just go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So, <clears throat> what, what, what are these, what's the tal, what is this that's dripping, the letters of the olive base, which is the soda of Torah, the secret of Torah, that's dripping from Ganadin? And that's what cures the Jew who's suffering from the sins of Nagmas Nefesh, or Mashiach who's suffering from our sins. What's all of that? So, Rabbi Sadiq says like this. 
Vahainu, you see, Sharoa Chaimer Ha'avainus, Vechayotse. There's only one way Rab Sadiq says that you're going to hear the sound of Mashiach inside of you. <coughs> That's the more you learn Torah. The more you learn Torah in a serious and sincere way, when you learn Torah, that means that you're attaching yourself to the 22 letters. And the 22 letters in the root of their existence are dripping with what? With medicine. Dripping with tal, with medicine. And what's that medicine? That medicine is, that medicine of Sadiq says, that through the study of Torah, through the learning of Torah, that's first, initially, that's when you feel how sick you are. There are two, there are two stages here. First, you go for your checkup, and they tell you you're a big mess. You're, 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 really, you're really messed up. You're sick. And then after that, there's the cure that the Tal brings, that the Torah brings. Now, what Rapsodic says it means, again, bring it into our simple day-to-day Avaitis Hashem. What does it mean? It means that if you're not a person of Torah, if you're not a person that's seriously involved in the study of Torah and the observance of Torah, then, there's, then, you, then you don't hear that point of, of Mashiach calling out inside of you, pushing you and driving you towards your shlemus. That's all there is to it. So, I don't think that requires any explanation. If you're somebody that, that your whole learning is very, you know, that the, you, know, you might pick up... Uh, and, and during laning, you, you'll try to look at two or three Rashis, and that's how you yotze the whole week, God forbid. I mean, that's none of you here. But if that's, if that's, a, if a person's Torah is, is empty, is shallow, or is, or is non-existent, so then, so then what Rab Sadiq says, then you don't feel the point of Mashiach calling out inside of you. You don't feel that there's anything wrong. It's very simple. We understand. And this is what's, this is what the greatest problem is. It's, it, that that unless you learn Torah, and he said, and the Zara says, Sait HaTorah, the secrets of Torah. Unless you learn Torah on a deeper level, it's it's uh, you might feel an occasional, you might feel an occasional thing pulling at your heart, like you know, gee, I, I guess I should try to be better, but it very quickly goes away. It doesn't really add up to much, and you don't feel the Yisurim of Gehenim. You don't hold it, hold it a You don't feel that pain because without Torah and without Pnimis Torah, without the inner light of Torah, without learning Torah. It's it's uh, it's very hard. Once, as I said, by our Bobbies and Zaydis, when there was much less interference between this world and the next world, and they were not holding on so tightly to things of this world, so the point of Mashiach was heard, even though they might not have been as connected to the study of Torah, they might have been in certain respects less than some of us. But when a person is when a person is very much a, a part of this world. And there's so much interference, and there's so much static, and it's so hard to hear anything from Mashiach inside of us. So, Rab Sadiq says that only, only when a person learns Torah does he realize the seriousness, is a, the seriousness of his avarice. It's the simple, it's the simple thing. There's nothing, there's nothing mystical about it. If you're not learning Torah, you have a person. So you have a person. You tell him. So this person, you know, like, uh, you know, he likes he likes to waltz with his girlfriend, you know, on Saturday nights. Now that's what he does. So you say, no, I don't, it's, it's not a good thing. But you think this guy goes home and, he, and, he's, and he's tormenting himself? I can't believe I did that. No, he's just planning the next time he's going to do it. He's not tormenting himself. And it's not because he's not a yid. He's a yid. And he, what, he doesn't have a neshama? So what's he going around waltzing with his girlfriend? Is this a car? Is he a hard value? What does he think he's doing? And you can talk to people it's like you're talking to the wall. So if the person is not if the person is not connected to Taurus, the Bakhlal doesn't it doesn't feel the, the that there's anything wrong. He doesn't understand that there's anything wrong. Why should there be anything wrong? Or the, the usual outcry of 
Am I hurting anybody? What could possibly be wrong with doing that? You know, people say these things all the time. What could possibly be wrong? So you say, what do you mean? It's a shokhmar. It's wrong. If it's, it's against the law. I don't see that it's hurting anybody. I just think that it's nice and it makes people happy and makes me feel good. All of that stuff. So, why you think that, so why should that person torment himself? I can't believe it. I was, I was a machloik, it's Rambam, Ramban, whether I'm Chayv Misa, you know. What, what, what is he, what, what is he thinking? He's not thinking that. He's just thinking, well, wow, I, just, I really had a great time. He's not thinking about anything like that. Well, you try talking to somebody, you go to somebody, you know, you say, talking about talking during davening, right? So you talking during davening, so come on, what's the big deal? It's not like, uh, like, you know, it's not like I'm saying, uh, bad things, I just, you know, uh, oh, you know, the person needs a little bit, you know, I didn't see my friend all week, and I, and I, and I did say Shema Nesra and Kriya Shema after all. So, what's so terrible? I don't know, they make such a big deal. It has nothing to do with, with, if you're an Amharist, then there's no reason to feel bad. Those people who say those things are Amaratsim. They're Amaratsim. I'm not saying that Amharist is guilty of me, uh, 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 it's the worst thing in the world. However, if a person doesn't even make an effort, that's what, that's what I find most upsetting. So you'll talk to someone and say, you know, it's, it's not, it's not right. And, and the, 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 instead of looking into it and trying to understand what it means, the person naturally has this defense mechanism and says, no, what are you talking? What's the big deal? Everybody does this. And I don't see anything wrong with this and so on. And, you know, So why should Mashiach inside of you feel pain? Why should there be any Agnes Nefesh? You're such Namharits. The only, th- the only thing that you could do that would be against your religion is, is like convert to Christianity. Anything less than that, you, you feel fine. You know, like, it doesn't, nothing, why should it bother you? Oh, if you had something that's, if you found that something is trace, you go, ah, that's bad. But even, even the, even, even if you know, even on that person's, even by that person's scorecard, if he's done something that's wrong, since he's not learning to on a deeper level, he doesn't understand what's happening when he does something wrong, there also isn't, there also isn't much, much Agnes Nefesh. It can be for a minute or two, but it's not much Agnes Nefesh. It's not bad. Because he doesn't understand what's happening when, when, when you say a word in Shul. He doesn't understand what it means when you say Lashon Har. He doesn't know what it means when you have God forbid something that's not kosher. He doesn't know what it means when your eyes look at the wrong thing. He thinks, what's the big deal? Come on, what are you getting all carried away? He doesn't understand because it's in Hamaritz. He doesn't understand. By an Amaritz, it bothers an Amaritz if the price of potatoes went up from yesterday. But an Amaritz is not disturbed by, by the significance of some Averitz, and his mind is not even Averitz. And anyway, he doesn't care particularly what it says because it doesn't bother him, and what does it mean to him, and how does it hurt anybody, and, and so on and so forth. It doesn't bother anybody. <coughs> so that person, unfortunately, doesn't feel the, doesn't, doesn't even, that, that scream of Mashiach inside is, it's very hard to hear. Because it's so completely covered by the, by layers of, of, of Amaratsis. By layers of Amaratsis. And then the second stage is that, 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 what Israel Psalik says, so the only way that, the only way that, A, that there could, that one can feel the pain, which is instead of Gehanim, the only way that one can feel that pain and that bitterness of one's own sins is if the 22 letters of the Alabase are dripping into your life. That's what it means. If the 22 letters of the Alabase are not dripping into your life, then everything is great. Nothing, there's no problems. And you, then all of a sudden, when you're 120, you, uh, then, then you go, oh, I, I didn't know that. You didn't tell me. I didn't realize that. And then there is the Tal. Then there is the delicious cure of the 22 letters of the Alabase as it drips upon the soul of that Jew who's thinking and who's feeling and who's crying. And, those, and then the Torah itself brings a refu and brings a Yeshua. Yes, it was.
Would you say that, that, that mushroom from the Zohar is, is a deeper insight to what uh, the Akiva experienced when he saw the, the water dripping on the rock? That could be. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. I have, to, I would have to think about it. So I don't want to say offhand because it, it's a good, it's a good horror. It's a very good horror. It's, it's a, it's a very good horror that maybe even the person whose, whose heart is so, is so hard, but if he's at least sensitive to the. To the to the uh, dripping the, the the dripping of the waters of Torah, maybe it's a good it's a good hara, but it, it needs to be worked out a little bit in, its de- in the details. But it's a good hara. So, I ain't shown the become ganadim. It's not a lamishim. It's Israel and they mikarach devetar angin. That ganasim devetar angin. Vahinu shavayu chayma havanis chayyosi vali. They had sar vagmas nefesh sheishlo minakudas haleiv mavanosav. Now this now this part inside of you that's called the nakudas haleiv, which is Mashiach inside of you. So now it now it feels terrible, terrible pain. But that pain is a, it, it's good. It's like um, it's like when you have a really really bad cut and you put on the drops of uh, whatever of iodine or whatever you're putting on there, and so it burns it burns initially and it hurts. But that itself, the same drops of iodine are bringing that burn are bringing you a refu. They're healing you. They're helping you. This awakens within the person in the most powerful way, that point of Mashiach, that's hidden inside of you, and then it begins to shine a path in your life. That the light of Gehenim comes to Ganeiden. It's amazing. The light of Gehenim, of your misery and suffering over your sins, enters into Ganeiden, because that itself is the cure. That itself is what cures you. That feeling of regret and remorse. And this is the sign that you're Agmas Nefesh, that, that you don't have to suffer anymore because you're, because you've already, you've already suffered the shear of Agmas Nefesh, of Yisurim through the own anguish that you've held, that you felt inside of you. And that point is called Mashiach. And not only, not only at that point is not necessary for you to suffer anymore, but it's like the Tanya writes, after that time of Cheshman and Nefesh, and after the bitterness of the iodine of your regret and remorse and awareness, when the light of Mashiach inside of you is shining upon your avayers, after that initial pain is the most unbelievable oinig. It's the joy of Motsayim Kippur. It's the feeling of the greatest delight and simcha of being cured, of being healed. And why do you feel so good? Because you know that you don't have to go through anything else. It's done. You know that you've been healed. You don't, you don't have to go through other Yisurim. You know that. You know that there's been a Yeshua. And that's the Oinig of Gan Eden. That's the delight of Gan Eden. Because then you feel that light of Mashiach. You can begin, as they say, by the nations of the world, you can begin to see the light at the end of the tunnel because now you're back on track. And being back on track means you're heading towards redemption. You're heading, you're back on the way to Yerushalayim. You got sidetracked, you got fablunged someplace, and you felt the Agnes Nefesh, and the, and the, and the Tal, the dew of Torah is dripping upon you, and you felt the pain, and you were crying out, and you felt the Agnes Nefesh, and then afterwards, you feel the most unbelievable joy. Because now, Mashiach is back in your life, and you're back on the track, and you're heading towards your Shlemus. You're on the way to Yerushalayim. You're on the way to Yerushalayim. 
because 10 minutes before, 15 minutes before, you were like, you were, you know, you were going to Tokyo. And now you're back to Yerushalayim. And the simcha, the joy of being on the way to Yerushalayim, even if you're not there yet. But heading towards Yerushalayim itself, simcha, what an unbelievable simcha, being on the way to Yerushalayim, that's a simcha. Is the Rebbe saying that the Agnus Nefesh itself is an end in and of itself, or because the pain will just lead you to not do that particular Avera again, that that will be the ultimate redemption? Or is it just the pain that's the, that's the reform? I, I don't know whether it's, I don't know how, I don't know how, if we can separate between the two. Obviously, on some level, it's the pain itself, even though, God forbid, a Jew ends up falling again, Chas Shalom. That pain certainly, uh, as Chazal tells us, and, we, and the Ramam speaks about, that pain itself of the regret and the remorse, even though it's not Shlemus HaTshuva, but still it's a Chayl of and itself can bring about great, great Yeshuas in a person's life, which, which Rav Kook talks about a lot in Aris HaTshuva, which we'll talk about much more. So it's, 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 it's a very good question, and it takes us into the whole Indian of Hilchus Shuva and Aris HaTshuva, so we'll talk. We'll talk in Mitzvah more about that. But I think that if you look back now on Ice Mem, not that I, I don't want to now go over it, but if you look back on Ice Mem in Savazir's, it'll have a much, it'll have a much uh, better taste. It'll have a, a, a clearer tam. This piece of Mitzvah is Kedai to talk about with the family, by the way. I don't mean with the five-year-olds, obviously. But, but it's Kedai to talk about. It's Kedai to talk about to share with other Jews because uh, those are those are one of the tzikas at tzaddiks that I that I saw, you know, like like when I, when I was eighteen, nineteen, I saw that tzikas at tzaddik, and it, it made things a lot a lot clearer to me, and um, and and we all need we all need uh, we all need some of that tal, some of that tal. So that's what we're learning, and we're learning, and we're learning. So you have people that say, you know, it's 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 wrong, it's dangerous for me to learn so much. You know, Yosef Das, Yosef Machayv. The more I learn, the more pain I have. So why do I have to learn this? So you have, why should I go to the Ashir? Why should I listen? Why should I learn? Because then I begin to worry more about my Averis. I begin to worry more about my Shlemus. I begin to worry more about about Mashiach. You know, all these Jews that they that they're not worried about their Averis, but always worried about the Matzav and Yisrael. Like you have these people that 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 when it comes to what they what they do, what they do with the Yiddishkeit is insignificant. But uh, but they they mamish lose sleep over Yerushalayim. It's the same. That's coming from. It's the same thing. It's just it's so it's such a faint call that they can't hear. They don't hear the sound of any of the means of getting to Yerushalayim. All they hear is the one thing: I got to get to Yerushalayim. You get all these people that are not religious. Or even if you take people that are, that they are officially Shem Shabbos, but but you know it's like very little, very little connection to just besides going through the motions and and you know talking about other rabbis and shuls and stuff. But there's very little other than that that's going on. So so, but if you insult Yerushalayim, oh boy, or you ever try to like stop the parade? You know, on your matzmut, or if like you could be someone that you that you that you don't observe chalamayid, chalamayid is a serious thing, you know. <clears throat> it, 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 like if someone comes up to you and says, "Listen, listen, did you go to the parade? You 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 march in the parade?" So you say, "Hey, what about? Do you go to work on chalamayid?" He'll look at you like you're crazy. I'm talking to you about your matzmut. You're talking about chalamayid, right? Where, where does this come from? 
Where does it come from? And this is not, this is not, I'm not such an idiot to attack Yom Asmut and Wudmi, you understand that. <laughs> but where does it, where, where, where does it come from? Where does it come from? Where does it come from? It comes from holiness, like everything in a Jew. That Jew, that Jew, he doesn't, the, the one, the one that's connected to Chalamoid and he's connected to Hashanah Rabbah, and every single detail, and Eretz Yisrael, of course, and Yushalayim. <coughs> so that Jew, that Jew, he's he's seeking redemption in, in every single thing that he does. He hears Mashiach. Then you have another, you have this other kind of Jew. So it's really fascinating, and that's why I'm not saying I'm not saying he likes Yom Atzmut. That's not the point. But how is it that that guy is so fahitz about Yom Atzmut, about the parade, or about hanging up a flag, or or, or you know, or speaking Yivrit or something? He's so mushug about that. But but in it, but when it comes to Gilei Rais, you know Gilei Rais and of his, and, and, of Adizar, and other things in life, and when it comes to Lashon Hara Rechilus, when it comes to Shabbos, when it comes to Kashus, when it comes to when it comes to uh, kissing uh, Yankel's wife at Kiddush, that's not like by him. That's not one of the Yisaida Hatayra. There's only one thing in his whole Chumash, and that's 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 Yomatz Mood. That's what's the that's the problem. And where does that come from? So he also he also wants to get to Yerushalayim. He's just trying to avoid all the stuff in between. <coughs> he wants to go to Yerushalayim. What do you think? He's a yid, and he wants them. He wants redemption. He wants gula. He wants all good things. That's why you have even these Jews that they have no shaykes. They have no shaykes to the rest of Shulchan Aruch. So where do they get? Where do they become obsessed with something that's not in Shulchan Aruch at all? That's not in Shulchan Aruch at all. And where does this come from? This whole Indian Eretz Yisrael is gewaldic. You know, I'm, 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 I'm into that. Where does it come from? That you know, at best. So is it a chiv? So maybe it's a kiyum of a derais. It's a machlokis. Rambam Ramban would are obligated nowadays to settle in Eretz Yisrael, right? Everybody knows that. Unless you're Amaris, you know that. So Ramayisha said that okay, even though you're not chayiv me deraisa, but certainly if you live in Eretz Yisrael, you're mekayim mitzvah deraisa. Fine, maskim, and we all believe in that. But what about all the other derises and drabbanans? What about them? So, the, so the the, the terrorists is that they both want to go to the same place. That's why I'm not putting these people down. I do, I'm trying to be done in Lama on Jews. That they all want to go to Yushalayim. They all want to get to Yushalayim. They all want to be in Israel. They all want to be with our people in Yushalayim in the Beis Hamikdash. They all want to be. They all want to be with Mashiach. The, the chilik is that that one of them who's learning, who's connected to Torah and, is, <clears throat> and so on, you could be sure that even though Rav Soloveitchik, even though Rav Soloveitchik um, was was certainly in our times, Rav Soloveitchik was certainly a person that believed in the vision of uh, of the modern state of Israel, right? But but Rav Soloveitchik believed also in the vision of Shulchan Aruch and Rambam. <laughs> right, there was no, there was no problem with that, and his passion over every, over every din in Shulchan Aruch was it, was the passion that he felt for our trip to Yerushalayim. But then you have the Jews who they're passionate about Yerushalayim, but they're totally apathetic when it comes to any other sif in in in, in Torah or in Shulchan Aruch. Why? Because they want to get to Yerushalayim. They really do. It's just that it's just that this one is the one that's the one that's saying, what about Chalamoid? The one that's saying, what about Chalamoid? So, he believes that, that, that there are no shortcuts. He's right. That was, you have to go in order. You have to go, you have to go Kaseder, and there's a certain plane that you have to take, and that plane will get you to Yushalayim. The other one, he thinks that, he thinks the way to get to Yushalayim is with, uh, you know, with, um, more lobbying and, and more, and more, you know, reading more articles and, you know. Okay. That's, that's fine, 
But that's not, that's not how you get to Yerushalayim. That's not how you get to Yerushalayim. All the politics in the world, all the lobbying in the world, all the articles in the world are not going to build a base of Mikdash for us. But Cholomoyed will. Cholomoyed will. Learning Matara. Going to the Mikveh. Tefillah. And so on. Shabbos. That's the way to get to Yerushalayim. <clears throat> so... This is this is this is something that we need to understand. That when you see a yid, when you see a Jew, that he's on fire with Eretz Yisrael, but there's nothing else that that seems to that seems to to get him going. You shouldn't look at that in a bad way. You should understand that it's coming from a very holy place. And 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 other once he learns more Torah and he understands more Torah and he and he and and he realizes what Yerushalayim means. Why does he want to be in Eretz Yisrael? Why does he want? What is better for you in Yerushalayim? Now, I, I look at some of these some of these people that they're like they're like you'll have a Jew that's not religious and he's sipping his coffee someplace in some some like gorgeous apartment you know in the, uh, in the Upper West Side and he's getting he's banging on the table he calls over his wife he says you know he says Rachela you know you, you, did you hear what Arafat said today you can you believe this and he's banging on the table and he's making himself mamish he's eating his heart out why. Because there's something in the way that's standing in the way between the Jewish people and Yushalayim. Why is he yelling about Arafat? What does he care about some 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 ugly uh, Michigan? No, it bothers him because this guy's in the way of Yushalayim, right? So he's screaming about Yushalayim. So now you know. So if you'd be there, you'd sit down and you'd say to him, and the guy told us. Greeting is, is not kosher, you know, uh, breakfast. And he's banging on the table about Arafat. So, I, you know, you'd sit there and you'd, you'd put your arm around him and say, Let me, my friend, what is it about you? Why do you want to be in Yerushalayim so badly? It seems to me you have it pretty good over here. What is it about Yerushalayim that you want so much? So he'll go into a whole, like, you know, five-hour speech about uh, identifying with the Jewish people and Jewish nationalism and we need a place of our own and so on and so forth. Boba Mises. That's not true. <laughs> we need you shine because because in the base of Mikdash with Mashiach we're all going to be the people that we need to be we're all going to do tshuva that's all and why is he banging on the table he doesn't bang on the table about his trafe he doesn't bang on the table about, about maybe even his wife is not Jewish but he's banging on his table about Yerushalayim because that's the nakud of Mashiach inside that, that doesn't let you live it doesn't let you go because it's the end it's the shleim it's the, it's the picture of what's going to be it's all connected to Eretz Yisrael it's all connected to Yerushalayim that's all. It's not because there's a bigger mitzvah. There's a bigger mitzvah to to to, to uh, what? There's a mitzvah to march in this or to do that. What's a bigger mitzvah than keeping Shabbos? What's a bigger mitzvah than learning Torah? Hello. It's the way to Yerushalayim. And those Jews, and those Jews who are particularly connected to that, as we're learning in Rav Kook, and we're going to learn more about it in Shem in a little while. Those Jews who are particularly attached to that, to that um, feeling fair to soul. So they have a very strong. There's a very strong sound of Mashiach that's heard inside of them. We have to understand what it means and where it's coming from. Okay, Ois Mem Aleph. I Evshalochol Arachek is Yitzucha Bilti Imkishitis No Ehu. The Pizesna says, the only way to distance yourself from your Yetzahara is by despising it. It's by hating it. That's the only way to distance yourself. That's the way it is. Hainusha ta'ira belibcha sinah, love. To awaken within your heart a sinah, a hatred. <coughs> 
for the Yetz Sahara. Why? Why should you hate the Yetz Sahara so much? Why? Why do you hate the Yetz Sahara? Because the Yetz Sahara is, is 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 stopping you from getting to Yerushalayim. The Yetz Sahara is the Yetz Sahara is Arafat. The Yetz Sahara is Haman. The Yetz Sahara is Amalek. It's Hitler. It's, it's anything that's in the way of Yerushalayim is the Yetz Sahara. So you shouldn't hate the Yetz Sahara. Why do you hate the Yetz Sahara? You despise the Yetz Sahara, and that's the only way you can distance yourself from it. That's the only way you can feel a distance. That's what it means. You hate the Yitzhar, you hate that part inside of you that, that is drowning out the sound of Mashiach, because why? Because it, it distorts, it's metashtesh, it distorts your way of thinking. It, it, it blurs, it's metashtesh, it blurs your heart, your mind. It, it doesn't allow you to think straight. It doesn't let you get to Yushalayim. Vayideza. And through this, I mean, we're so capable of hating any enemy or anybody that does anything wrong to you. Think of it. Someone that said something 25 years ago, you know, someone that said to you 25 years ago, you know, I, you know you're an idiot. So you can carry that around inside you for 25 years. You know, you, you're upset about it. Or you won't say, you won't talk to the guy for 25 years. You have, you have you have problems with this guy because he once said to you something you didn't like. But you Yetzirah every single day of your life, every single minute of your life. Yetzirah is this, trying to destroy you, and trying to and trying to to to, to make you mamish meshuga. <clears throat> and and we seem to be still on good terms. We can live together. We can manage. So so he says, value days through this. If you awaken, if you arouse, and you see this in Tehillim, David Mal does this all the time when he speaks about his enemies. What is he talking about? When you, if you're able to do this, you awaken within yourself this sin of this hatred, al against the sin of this hatred for, for that inside of you, not for yourself. So that's what people make a mistake. They hate themselves. That's, that's ridiculous. I just had this talk, I just had this talk this morning with somebody at 2.30 in the morning. It was going on for like for two hours. <laughs> so I'm trying to explain this that, that that there's a difference between between being upset with what you've done that's wrong, which is which is healthy and which is constructive, and hating yourself. You just hate yourself, and 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 if you hate yourself, then all that's going to happen is that you'll become distant from yourself, because when you hate something, you distance yourself from it. So when you hate your Yetz Sahara, that's good. Because then you distance yourself from the from that which is wrong inside of you, and you and then you're able to get closer to that which is right inside of you. But when you hate yourself, then you just become far from yourself, and then you do things that are totally out of character. You just live a life that's somebody else's life. So she says, Then it'll be easier for you to conquer the Sahara. You disgrace it, and you humiliate it, and you, you you speak about it in such ways, and you think about it in such ways, not about yourself, chas but about that part of you that is that is bringing you down. That that if you if you get into the habit of of thinking of your if your evil inclination of your Yitzhar, of that part of you that's that's messing you up, if you ha- if you get into the habit of thinking of it in such a way with and, and using even strong terms and being upset and being angry and so on, then it will be much easier for you to conquer it as time goes on. Why? 
because he goes away from there. You drive him away when you you hate it, and it becomes something which is not so connected to you. It becomes distant from you. It becomes outside of you. That's why. That's why uh, this is something which is itself a beginning in Torah that that Rav Chaim Velazhna explains the difference. The difference before Adam and Chava ate from the tree and after Adam and Chava ate from the tree, that there's a difference between hearing this snake as something that exists outside of you, evil. Before Adam and Chava ate from the tree, evil was a voice that was heard outside of them. Something from someone outside. It's like you have a friend, a friend, not a friend, but you have someone from the outside that's, 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 uh, that's pulling you towards the wrong things. <clears throat> after the hate of Adam and Chava, after the sin, so then, then the snake became part of one's consciousness, right? Become, it became part of ourselves. So now it's no longer just somebody from the outside, hey, hey, Maisha, you want to come with me to this? That's already inside of yourself. There's that part of you, and it sounds to you like it's Mamish you. It seems like it's you. It's not. But it seems like it's you. It's really a Kel, it's really an Elzar. Lo Yebucha Elzar. It's a foreign God that's inside of you. It's not really you. So. Right, so Rav, so Rav Huttner explains, so Rav Huttner explains that this is the Indian of Vidui. What's this business? Why do I have to say, why do I have to say Al-Chechachatan? Why do I have to say the Averis? Why do I have to enumerate them and spell them out? <coughs> Isn't it enough that I know and God knows? Like, why do I have to talk about all this stuff? So, so Rav Huttner explains that the, that what, what's, what's happening when you say Vidui is, What's happening when you say vidui is that you're externalizing that which was internalized. You're spitting it out. In other words, the the problem that we have is that we internalize our various and we and we begin to look at the Yitzhar as part of our as part of our being, God forbid, as part of our essence. We look at ourselves that way. And therefore it's very hard to it's very hard to overcome any, anything that comes one's way. It's very hard to overcome. But but when one says vidui, it means when one is articulating and externalizing and bringing into reality, even by saying the words, those things that are wrong with himself, then now you're able to you're able to exist as it's, this is me, and here are the things that are wrong about me, and to and to be able to see them clearly, and in doing so to eradicate them, it's no longer like just interwoven into your being. There's the process of biru, of, of separation, of clarification that takes place when one says vidui. And Rav Huttner cites the, the very interesting chazal about a certain there was a, there was a certain nazir, a young man who was a nazir. Chazal tells. And you know, usually nazir is being, becoming a nazir is not, is not something which the, the Torah recommends or advises. So there was this person, he's a nazir, and um, and the, and, the, and and the Chazal tell us that Shimon Atzadik loved this Nazir. Why did Shimon Atzadik love this Nazir? Because because this this Nazir, when he asked, you know, when, why did you become a Nazir? Where does your Nazirus come from? Why did you take it upon yourself? So the response was that one time he was a very good-looking young man. So that he said one time he was going to get a drink. And he saw his reflection, he saw his image in the water, how good looking he was. And at that moment, it struck him, you know, that he could, he could do a lot of Averis. He's such a good looking guy. And, and then, so then he said, 
that he said to his he said to his Yitzhar, Russia Shakamaiska, you Russia, you wicked one. You're trying to destroy me, you're trying to take away from me this world and the world to come. So Shimon HaTzadik heard that that's why he became a Nazir. So then he accepted to be a Nazir. That's why he accepted to be a Nazir. So Shimon HaTzadik heard that and he kissed him on the forehead and he said, Ay, there should be more Nazirim, there should be more Jews like you in the world. So Fender explains what, was so, what made him so happy. Why did Shimon HaTzadik get so happy when he heard that? Because here you have a Jew, Rav said, you have a Jew, who he spoke to his Yetzirah. Russia Shekamayischa. You Russia. Who was he talking to? There's no one else there. He was talking to he was talking to that part inside of himself, but he was trying to separate it from himself. He was trying to extract he was trying to come back to that point of other before the sin, where when one sees one's faults in a very clear way, and it's not woven into who you are, but it's something there's me and I'm a tzaddik, I'm a kodesh, I'm a tahar, I'm a mamashid, and then there's that thing about me like that that got that got like this this uh, bug that got in me, and I got to get the bug out. And that's what Vidu is all about. It means extracting. It means it means um, externalizing instead of internalizing. And, and that's I, I mentioned to you many times that that's what Esther Malka meant when this whole Indian of Esther Malka, which it says in the Zayar Kodesh, that she is that Esther Malka is not the one. She didn't actually sin with Achashverosh. She didn't actually sleep with Achashverosh. How could Esther Malka sleep, sleep with Achashverosh? So he said, "What do you mean? She had kids. She had a child. No." So the Zayar says that she didn't sleep with Achashverosh. She sent a shade. She sent some alter image of herself to be with Ahasuerus. So if you ever say that, like in, in, in yeshiva, so guys will say, yeah, I didn't do that thing last night. That was my uh, shade. I was, uh, I was learning Gemara last night. But I just sent this shade of mine to go, uh, you know, to that, to that place. So, you know, it's crazy. So you have to understand what the Zara means. So the rest of us, it's not... Esther Malk, of course, had a child with Ahasuerus. So what does it mean? It means that she didn't identify herself... She didn't, she didn't identify herself with that relationship. For whatever reason, she had to do it. Or sometimes in a person's life, so something goes wrong. The worst thing is if you internalize that and identify it as being, as being who you really are. In other words, if you did something, if you, if you did something that's wrong, the job, the job then is to externalize it, to, not to make excuses, but to say, Rosh Hashanah, what are you doing to me? What's the matter with you? You're angry with you, Yetzar, and you, and you, and you try to see it as something which is foreign to you. It's a shade. It's a demonic, it's a, it's a, it's a demonic being that's, that's destroying me. And, and therefore, you, and therefore you can, you can see it as something which is separate from you. You don't identify. It's not me. It's not me. Right? It's not the essence of who I am. There's something, there's a bug inside of me that's wrong. There's a shade. There's a dibbuk. I got it, and I got to, I have to exercise it. I have to get rid of it. But it's not the essence of who I am. I'm a Jew. I'm not, and, I'm not, and therefore I'm essentially pure and holy. But I have to, I have to do this. And vidui, and that's what, what the, what the Rebbe is talking about here, speaking to, you know, hating one's Yetzirah, despising one's Yetzirah. That's distancing it. That's causing it to become distance from you. You're pushing it away. And you see it as something which is attacking you from the outside. And everybody hates enemies that come from the outside. Everybody hates the Taliban. Everybody hates everybody hates uh, uh, Nazis. Everybody hates enemies from the outside. The enemies from the inside we tolerate. That's the problem in life. 
we have to hate, we have to, we can't, we can't be tolerant of the enemy inside. We have to be intolerant. Like I heard on the radio, this, they, they sent off unbelievable bombs. They're going to every single cave. Like, this, it's a big place, Afghanistan. I mean, I was never there, Baruch Hashem, but I heard it's a big place. And they're going like into every single crack. And they're blowing, they're blowing up every single cave. Could you imagine if it was as thorough when we come to the Eight Sahara? Can you imagine? To be like, like it says in, like, like the Rabbi Elamarach and all that said, he can explain when it says, Admokim Shiyodam Agas, I have to check for Chametz, Becharim Bistakin, right? When you check for Chametz, you have to look into every single crack, and you take the candle, which is the Ne'er Hashem Nishmasodim, and you have to check into every single crack, and to look, that's, that's how they look for the Taliban. But not how you look for, not how you look for what's wrong inside of yourself. Like, oh, okay, okay. Listen, you have to learn to live with these things. What do you mean? They're looking for this Bin Laden in every single place on earth. So inside each and every person is that, there's that Nikud of, that's destructive, that distorts, that takes you away from the truth. So that's what it means. You have to search and destroy. You have to go looking. And, and that's, and that's, and that avoid is the avoid of vidui, of, of extracting and of externalizing the ra from within us. Okay, Mitzvah um, next week we'll, uh, we'll continue with some, with also a, 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 a fascinating kosher, <coughs> a fascinating request of the Rebbe that the some, on some level was fulfilled, and then, and then we're coming towards the end of the Sefer, Bezasha. Shkai. Oh, yes,